Get 0% interest for 48 months on any replacement project right now at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Our experts complete the installation with no hassle or mess, leaving only perfect results. Schedule your free consultation now at PellaWI.com. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at The Avenue, it's the Jeff Wagner Show. Come join the conversation on the AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line at 855-616-1620. Now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. Hey, a quick programming note. This time tomorrow, right out of the box on the Wednesday show, we are scheduled to be joined in our studio by Republican gubernatorial candidate Tim Michaels. We're going to have an extended sit down to discuss various issues in the upcoming governor's race. Most of the polls now show a dead heat or Michael starting to pull ahead. So we'll be talking to him about a number of different issues. That's 12 o'clock tomorrow. Mike Spaulding, I had one of those moments that happened more and more this morning when I'm starting to feel a little bit old. Could you not figure out how to turn the TV on? What was oh, happening no, here? Oh, no, 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 no. This, this wasn't me. It, it's the, the generation gap. Now, I don't know. I, I You didn't have it in your newscast, but for, for people who haven't heard, Loretta Lynn, mm-hmm. who is recognized sort of as the queen of country music, passed away today at the age of 90. And I've got a, a link to the story about this. If you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620 And I guess if you haven't, if you don't know Loretta Lynn, what, what I, a starting point is to go watch the movie Coal Miner's Daughter starring Sissy Spacek. It, it, it's a 1980 movie, but it still it holds up. Whenever I see that on the cable channels or whatever I watch it, it it's, it's great. And, and Sissy Spacek is great, but the story of Loretta Lynn, who, who grew up in just abject poverty and, and went on to this just incredible success, it's, it's an amazing movie. She was an amazing woman. So anyhow— I say to my, my producer, Charlie, I said, Charlie, Loretta Lynn passed away today, and, and maybe what we could do is incorporate some of her songs into the bumper music. And he said, sure. And he comes up to me a couple minutes later, and he says, I'm sorry, but I don't know who Loretta Lynn was. <laughs> and I said, well, she's, she's kind of, she's sort of the queen of country music. And he says, huh, I, I heard Reba McIntyre. I, I don't know who Reba McIntyre is either, but I, I heard Reba? that she was the queen of country music as well. I said, well, Loretta Lynn was the queen of country music before Reba McIntyre was the queen of country music. But um, So I was kind of thinking, huh, all right, well, it's a generational thing. I said, did you ever see the movie Coal Miner's Daughter? And I, no, I, 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 you know, and I get it. I mean, it's, I mean, it came out in 1980, so that means that, you know, if you were, I don't know, if you're younger than 40-something, you, you know, weren't around when the movie came out, but... Uh, it's a wonder. Tell me, have you seen Coal Miner's Daughter? I have not, but I do know who no- Loretta Lynn is. Okay, well, go. I'm see one of two. Go see Coal Miner's Daughter and stuff. But in any event, Loretta Lynn passed away. Just a, an outstanding. You want to talk about a life well lived and and somebody who just again, I mean, she, a lot of her songs. She was just huge in the 1960s and early 70s and stuff. And a, a lot of her songs were based on. I mean, growing up literally as a coal miner's daughter in a tar paper shack in the hills of Kentucky. And if you if you do get a chance to see Coal Miner's Daughter, do it, because Sissy Spacek deserved her Oscar for that. And it's, I think, a very, very accurate depiction of what her life was like. Have you seen the Ken Burns uh, documentary series? Country, I believe it's just called Country Music. Sure. Sure. It came out a couple years ago. That's so that that's where I was kind of introduced a little bit more to Loretta Lynn. I'm not a country music guy myself, but um, it was fascinating to see 
people like her and and what background they came from and kind of where the uh, genesis for country music came. Literally, the backwoods or shacks like in Oklahoma and Texas. Well, and stuff well it's like amazing. That. So I think it is amazing. And people can correct me. I mean, she was she got married at like fourteen or fifteen, mm-hmm. which is what you know. And and her her husband ended up Doolittle was his name, and he ended up being kind of like the 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 push behind this. And um, she was like a she started having kids. She was a grandmother, I think, in her late twenties and things like that. But what what they did is they just packed up a car. You know, she would she had a great voice and they packed up a car and they kind of just started driving right. They made, they came out with like a, a vinyl record of 45 and they started driving all across the South, showing up at radio stations all over and trying to get on and get the thing played. And ultimately she ended up going to Nashville and the, the rest is history. Very close friend of Patsy Cline. And of course, Patsy Cline died in a plane crash um, at kind of the height of her success, but it's just an incredible career. And um, certainly again, coal miners daughter is, is a great starting point. If you want to know more about Loretta Lynn. So that was my kind of feeling old thing. Yeah, I remember Loretta Lynn and stuff like that. Hey, one of the, if I also have a link to this story. It's actually one of my favorite stories of the day. I don't know if you were watching Monday Night Football last night. It was the San Francisco 49ers playing the Los Angeles Rams. And what, what happened is they had one of these, people thought he was a streaker. He, he really wasn't a streaker. It was a guy who had shorts on, um, and, and had one of these like red smoke bomb flares in his pants, and he started running onto the field. Apparently, it had happened earlier too, but this one got caught by the TV camera. So he's running around, security's trying to find him. And Bobby Wagner, who's like the all pro linebacker for the Los Angeles Rams, as the guy, as security is chasing him, he gets close to the Rams sideline, and it's it, it's the best. It is the best hit I saw all weekend watching football. Wagner comes off the bench and just levels this this guy, just levels the kook. He goes down and then ends up getting arrested. But it was just an amazing thing, actually, to see. Apparently what they were protesting is there's some of these animal rights activists who broke into a, a Smithfield um, processing plant, you know, the, the pig processing plant, and tried to turn loose a bunch of the pigs. And they're they're going on trial now in San Francisco. So this was kind of like to call attention to to the trial. But uh, bottom line is, you know, I'm thinking, okay, next time somebody runs on a field, you know, you'd, you'd like to have a guy like Bobby Wagner there who's just absolutely ready to level them. And he did, in fact, level them. All right, a lot of ground to cover on today. And if you want to see the clip, I've got it. If you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620 All right, a lot of ground to cover. Let's get started. We all know that there is a car theft epidemic in this community. We also know that the majority of cars, certainly not all of them, but the majority of cars that are stolen are either Hyundais or Kias. The reason for this is, and we're not going to go into detail with it, but it's... It's easier if you break into a Hyundai or Kia, it's easier to steal the car. It's easier to get the car started and to drive away than it is in many other brands of automobiles just because of the way these two brands of cars are designed. And we won't go into any more details than that. One of the things – and so – you now have this, it started in Milwaukee, you know, the Kia boys, and it's now become sort of a national phenomenon. Let's steal Hyundais, let's steal Kias. Hyundai and Kia made available the, the club, you know, these anti-theft protection devices. Unfortunately, that only, that doesn't, all that does is slow people down if you know what you're doing. And again, we're not going to go into detail about how you can disable it, but people who know what they're doing can disable the club and they can never less drive away in the car. So that's kind of the background. In newer models, 
Kia and Hyundai say that they are going to try to make some changes that will um, make it more difficult for people to steal the cars without having the key fobs. But, but that's not the way these current cars are designed. Well, you had a couple members of the Common Council who earlier were talking about suing these Kia manufacturers and the Hyundai manufacturers for producing a product which was easier to steal than, say, I don't know, a Ford, right? And I I admit, when we talked about this, I didn't think much of that because the argument to me is maybe we need to focus less on the fact that, gee, it's this type of car that's being stolen and more on the fact that you have people out there who are stealing these cars. Well, here's the latest installment. Apparently, Hyundai has come out with an aftermarket device that you can, again, I don't want to go into too much details with it about this, but it, it's an aftermarket kit that you can install on your car, and it will make it more difficult to steal. Um, apparently, it has something to do with, like, an alarm, and if the alarm goes off, it, it, the engine is immobilized. So it, it's, it's an aftermarket solution that you can put on your car if you choose to do it. The kit itself costs, what's the numbers here? The kit itself costs in the neighborhood of like 150 bucks, okay? $170. That's if you take it to a dealership and you say, I I want this kit installed, you know, 170 bucks, and then there's the, the cost of installing it. So the cost to get this kit and get it installed is somewhere in the neighborhood of four to 500 bucks, if you're a Kia or a Hyundai owner and you are concerned about this theft issue, that's what you can do if you choose to do it, right? It's aftermarket. Well, two members of the Milwaukee Common Council are, I think, fairly to be fair to say that they are outraged that Hyundai is Hyundai is is not giving this kit away for free. And the argument is, hey, you know, you've produced this defective product, and so if you have this aftermarket solution, you should give it for free to everybody. And I think the response of the car manufacturer is, wait a second, this isn't, it's not a defect in in the car. It's not like the brakes don't work. It's not like the tires fly off. It's not like the accelerator, you know, goes from, you know, zero to 60 if you don't step on it. It's, you know, these are cars that are being stolen. It's not a defect. It's just, you know, people know how to steal them. So if you want to add an extra layer of protection, you can buy this aftermarket thing, but you, you are going to have to buy it. Our number is 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is it unreasonable for these manufacturers who have developed this aftermarket fix, I guess, that you can put on your car if you choose to that might make it more difficult to steal? Is it out, is it out of line for them to expect consumers who want it to pay for it. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line we discuss in a moment. 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Okay, so Hyundais and Kias are being stolen in record numbers by thieves. It kind of started in, in Milwaukee, but that trend is starting to go nationwide. One of the reasons these cars are being stolen is apparently, and again, I, I don't want to go into details of, about this, um, but 
they're, they're easier to steal because once you break in, you can do some stuff and you can drive away with without having the key fob. In, in most cars, you need the key fob to, to do that. Actually, Hyundai and Kia are changing the technology. So on some of the, on like the, I don't know if it's this year's model or next year's model, you, you won't be able to do it. But but this is, this is a weakness that is there that is being exploited by the bad guys. So Hyundai has developed this this fix, it's an aftermarket fix, and it's a kit you can buy for like 140 bucks, and then you can have the dealer install it, 170 bucks, and you can install it all in, all done. It's about $400, and it makes it more difficult for your car to be stolen. All right, well, there's a couple Milwaukee aldermen who are outraged at the idea that people should have to pay to have this aftermarket kit put on. Our number is 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I'm, I'm sorry, I just don't think that this is the responsibility of the individual. I don't think this is the responsibility of the car company to to pay for this. This isn't like a recall. It's not like it's a defect. I mean, it's one thing if the brakes don't work and you have a recall of a product and you have to go back and you have to say, okay, well, here, here's the deal. We got to fix this, the brake thing to make it work or an engine problem or something like that. You have car recalls all the time. This isn't a defect with the car. This is just, unfortunately, a, the way the car is designed. And more importantly, you've got these criminals that are exploiting that. I guess what's frustrating to me about this whole conversation is we're talking about holding the manufacturers accountable. Oh, the manufacturer should be providing this and they should be providing that. And we don't have we don't focus on the fundamental problem, which is the, the dirt balls that are stealing the cars in the first place. I wish there would be just a little bit of outrage coming from some elected officials out of the fact that you have 14- and 15-year-old kids who are stealing, in some cases, two or three or four cars a day who aren't held accountable at all. Because the bottom line is the reason we have a car theft problem is because you have the bad guys that are out there stealing the cars. 855-616-1620. Jeff, why aren't the aldermen outraged by the crime? See, that's a very good question, because if you do that, then you have to look inward at the community. Okay, what's what's going on? You have to criticize the fact that you've got 14, 15, and 16-year-olds. And what were the numbers that about, of all the... Okay, you have this whole universe of cars that are stolen. What, last year, more than 7,000 cars that were stolen. And they, they only caught about 10% of the people. So your chances of getting caught are very, very slim. But of those that they caught, what was it, about half of the people that were caught were under the eight, were 16 or under? I mean, it's just staggering. Let's figure this out, and let's let's understand that you've got people out there that are stealing cars. Because even if you make it tougher to steal a Kia Kia or a Hyundai, as long as you've got people that are inclined to steal cars, and this is a game, all you're going to do is say, okay, now, all right, so this might be the easy picking. It might be the low-hanging fruit. But now let's go after Hondas or let's go after Cadillacs or let's go after, you know, all these other things. Jeff, um, let's see. I think um, absolutely people should have to pay if they want to put this on. This isn't a recall or a problem with engineering design. Jeff, the only defect is the person stealing 
the car. Jeff, if I throw bricks through display windows and television sets, are we going to sue the glass manufacturers? It doesn't make sense. It's not a defective vehicle in any way. Get the thieves off the street and the car thefts will go down. To which I say, yeah, it, it, it is. Get the thieves off the street and the car thefts will go down. Now, I will say this. It's, it, it may be in the interest of Kia and Hyundai as far as like consumer relations and stuff to to offer this, given the fact that, you know, there's not a design defect, but it is a problem that, you know, people, the criminal element has decided to figure out how to exploit. So it might be just like good PR and good business to say, okay, tell you what, you buy the kit and we'll arrange for free installation or, you know, you get free installation if you buy the kit or vice versa. Um, You know, we'll pay for the installation. We'll give you the kit. That might be good policy, but I don't think it's something that they should be required to do. Let's talk to John. John, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Well, Jeff, you just took my uh, my thunder. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I don't I don't think it's their their responsibility, but I think it's a missed marketing opportunity. Um, I because of this reason, there's no way I would look at either of these manufacturers' cars. But if they came up with a solution and they marketed it, I think it's it's a missed public relationship relations and a missed marketing opportunity for them. Yeah, especially with now. My understanding is that the new vehicles again. Well, I don't know if it's this model year or next model year. They're, they're going to address what this problem is. But you're right. You still have this whole universe of used cars, and I'm not really a used car guy, John. But you know, the truth of the matter is, I, I don't I don't know that. I'd consider buying a, uh, and it's no knock on the cars, but, you know, given, you know, where I have to drive and where I park and stuff, I don't know that I consider buying a Hyundai or Kia that, that Kia that, that suffered from this particular problem. Yeah. Hey, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. I mean, that's so, I mean, that that's what I think the opportunity is there. But again, I th- the thing that frustrates me about this is you have, you know, you have the, these members of the Common Council that, that don't want to deal with what is the fundamental problem. And the fundamental problem is that you have a criminal element out there that is just running wild in the streets and will continue to run wild in the streets unless and until we recognize that we have to do stuff to hold them accountable. And yeah, yeah, you, you can make it tougher to steal a Hyundai or whatever. But again, my concern is that all that's going to do is drive them to figure out some way to steal something else. Until we grapple with the fundamental problem, which is the thieves on the street, we're always going to be playing catch up like this. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. That, of course, is the late Loretta Lynn, the queen of country music, who passed away today at the age of 90. I, I've, if you haven't seen the movie Coal Miner's Daughter, and it came out in 1980 starring Sissy Spacek, who did just a dead-on Loretta Lynn. It's a great, it's a great understanding of, of where Loretta Lynn came from, and um, it's got a lot of her great music from the 60s and 70s. So Loretta Lynn passing away today at the age of 90 and leaving an incredible musical legacy. Okay. I understand that that people are appropriately skeptical of polls. I mean, so take it with a 
with a grain of salt. But I was just pulling up the most recent approval ratings of, of Joe Biden. Now, there, there's a lot of stuff that can happen between now and 2024. But, but it's no secret that for the better part of 2022, for whatever reasons, Joe Biden, his poll numbers, he's hemorrhaging stuff. I mean, I'm just going to be the last four or five polls. Again, you can take them for what you want, but there, there is kind of a, a consistency. Approval. Let's see. Rasmussen reports has Biden's approval rate at 54, his disapproval rate at, at 44 approval, 54 disapproval, underwater by 10. Um, insider advantage poll, approval 46, disapproval 54, underwater by 8 points. News Nation approval 40... Six, uh, disapproval, 54. So that's a disapproval of of eight. Let me see. This is just in the last day or so. Uh, Biden job approval, the Monmouth poll, approval, 38, disapproval, 56. That's 17. Um, but you, you get the idea. And, and there there is a consistency to this. Uh, Susquehanna has approval, 43, disapproval, 49. That's down by six. So you, you get to see that there's a pattern. Whether the approval rating is is double digits or whether it's high single digits, he, he's underwater. Now, things can turn it around, but but the public has, I think, pretty much soured on, on Joe Biden for a variety of reasons. And you can argue whether that's fair or not, but that's the reality. And it's why moving into the midterm elections, you don't see Biden out doing a lot of campaigning right now because He's viewed as a liability, fairly or unfairly, by a lot of the the candidates. And and they don't want to have Biden on the stage with them because they don't want to be linked to a lot of the failed policies that are out there. Maybe stuff can turn around over the course of the next two years. But once you get underwater like that, it's it's tough to come back. In addition, and feel free to disagree with me on this, I think... Joe Biden's election as president is in in many reflects it's just it's it's an opportunity. Donald Trump for all his flaws if there wasn't covid and Trump's response to covid which was perceived as being inadequate if there wasn't covid D- Donald Trump I think would have won handedly I handily I, I firmly believe that. In addition I think if Biden were running against anybody other than Donald Trump he would have probably lost. In many respects, I don't think the 2020 election, which Biden won, I don't think it was, gee, we're thrilled to have Joe Biden. It was the anybody but Trump vote. And that can only go so far. So if he runs against somebody else, you you don't have that that benefit that's out there. So against that background and the fact that he is pushing 80, and there are very, very, I think, legitimate concerns about whether he is starting to find himself in cognitive decline. Now, we talked about it last week, and I understand a couple of people got really upset with me. Oh, this, this is ageist. But, you know, last week he's having this big ceremony, and he, he's, where's Jackie? Where is Jackie? Referring to an Indiana congresswoman who died months ago, and it apparently didn't register to him that, that she had passed away. So it's, and that's just like one of many sort of instances. So, you can argue about how dramatic the decline is, but I think it. I think a lot of people, including supporters of Joe Biden, have to look at some of this stuff and say, oh, my gosh, you know, he's, he's pushing 80 years old. This is an incredibly stressful job. You know, maybe it's time for somebody younger. And then you look at all the, the numbers and all the polls that are out there that show him pretty dramatically underwater. 
All right, now all that would tend to indicate that maybe, just maybe, it's time for Democrats to start looking somewhere else. And maybe it's time for the president of the United States to say, you know what, I've had a great, I've had, I've been the vice president, I've served in the Senate, I've now had an opportunity to be president, but you know what, uh, the next election, I'm going to be 82 or 83, maybe, maybe it's just time to enjoy life outside the fishbowl. Now you would think that somebody might say that. Well, here is the story that's out there today, NBC News. President Joe Biden apparently told Al Sharpton, everybody knows who Al Sharpton is, that he will seek a second term in a private conversation at the White House last month. Sharpton informed his National Action Network staff in Washington later that day. I'm going to do it again, Biden said as he posed for a photograph in the Roosevelt Room with Sharpton, who is also an MSNBC host, according to an official at Sharpton's National Action Network. Um, He told Sharpton, I'm going well, Biden allies have also said that he will seek re-election. He has shied away from declaring it unequivocally, at least in part to avoid triggering campaign finance reporting laws. Um, his remarks to Sharpton are apparently, the what they say, it's the strongest assertion that he's going to run again. NBC News went to the White House and said, do you have any comment on this? And they said, no comment. Our number is 855-616-1620. That is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Okay, This isn't Biden-Trump. Now, I mean, maybe there is going to be a rematch of Biden and Trump in 2024. I don't think so. I certainly hope not. But but this is, at least right now, the conversation is Republican or Democrat. Do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it makes sense? Do you think it will be a successful strategy for Joe Biden, very, very much underwater, at least at this time, as far as his approval ratings go, who will be in his 80s, when the next election rolls around, do you want to see Joe Biden run again? 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. What do you think? Should Joe run? Or he doesn't have to announce it now. I don't expect him to announce it now. But it would be in the best interest of him, the Democratic Party, and the country, maybe for him to ride into the sunset in 2024 and allow somebody, I don't know, maybe younger, to, to run and carry the mantle. 855-616-1620. Run, Joe, run. Yes or no? London calling. The Packers are headed to London for a showdown against the Giants, and our very own Greg Matzik will be there. Yep, he's hopping on a plane tomorrow. Hear Greg's coverage across the pond all week long right here on WTMJ. We're your home for the best green and gold coverage around. Okay, um, if you're just tuning in, uh, Al Sharpton, who was sort of instrumental in, in helping Biden get the nomination. I mean, if you remember, you know, Biden was kind of the the Biden campaign was kind of, um, well, it was like uh, running on fumes until South Carolina came along and you had, you know, a a big turnout in the black community that that vaulted Joe Biden over Bernie Sanders. And from then on, Biden pretty much ran the table. So he owes a lot to the black community, I think, for his his nomination. Uh, Apparently, about a month ago, Biden is with Al Sharpton, and at least according to Al Sharpton, take that for what it's worth, Biden says he's in. He's running again, which is what several people close to Joe Biden say, not formally announcing it because it triggers campaign finance rules. My question is, Republican or Democrat, do you want to see Joe Biden run again? Jeff, let's be honest. Do we think he can physically handle running again? There are so many instances on live television where he seems confused. I absolutely think he should finish his term and retire from 
politics. Um, Jeff, Biden should wait until January 1st to announce he's not running. In the meantime, he should work behind the scenes preparing potential successors to announce the campaign cycle is already too long. Why extend it further? Let's talk to Troy. Troy, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. Thanks Hi. for taking my call. Sure. Um, I First of all, I dislike politicians overall. I just can't stand the game that they play with our lives. And it really, really is escalated this time of the year with the, the commercials on TV. You don't know who's lying and who's telling the truth. But I, I really do speak. think I speak for a lot of people. Neither uh, Mr. Biden or Mr. Trump should run again. It's Our, our country needs a younger 50 to 60-year-old, let's say, somebody that that can work together, that is, you know, appealing to people besides uh, Joe being a just nice guy and, and Trump the bully that people voted more for Joe because they just didn't want Trump to vote. And, you know, it's kind of like shame on each party that we can't come up with some candidates that are, uh, you know, out there grabbing us. So that's kind of my take on it. Um, yeah, no, I, 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 don't, I don't think he's wrong. No, thanks to call. And also... I, and again, I, whenever I say this, I get the, these nasty tweets. Oh, you're being ageist and stuff. No, I mean, I look, here, here's the bottom line. You, you slow down. That, that's just the reality. I think Ronald Reagan was the greatest president in my lifetime. But there's no question that, you know, he was, he was having cognitive issues at the end of his term. And he wasn't anywhere near. He wasn't as old as, as Biden is now. Jeff, I'm a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat. Please, Joe, retire and get behind someone like Pete Buttigieg. Well, that's, I think— that's the, I think that's the sense that a lot of people have. Jeff, let's be honest. Do we think he can physically handle running again? There are so many instances, again, where he seems to be a bit confused. Jeff, as a liberal, I don't even feel that Biden should be our president. You know, may, maybe people surrounding him are more president than him, but I have questions about, you know, his basic skills. I think it's time to move on. Jeff, would I vote for Biden? Absolutely not. Unless Trump runs against him, then I'd be all on the go Joe Biden train. Well, that's, I mean, I, I think there there is a reality. The only way I think is a practical matter Joe Biden would get reelected is if Republicans decided to commit political suicide and renominate Donald Trump, which I do not believe um, would would happen. Jeff, should Biden run again? No, absolutely not. He's too old. And he's too mediocre. Would I vote for Biden? Absolutely not. Unless, of course, Trump runs against him. There is a theme that we're seeing. Run, Joe, run. Yes, run away, run far away. Good grief. Please step down, man. <laughs> well, I, I think, you know, that's, you know, the element that's out there. Um, Jeff, I think when you're in a state of cognitive or cognitive decline, you lose the ability to notice it in yourself. And, um, you know, I think Joe Biden should definitely step down. Well, and again, when I say step down, I, I'm not talking about, you know, the, using the amendment to, to leave office or something like that. I'm talking about the question for a second four-year term. Jeff, I think he should bag it. I don't even think he can win his party's nomination. He will have primary challengers. Um, now, I don't I, I don't know. that. That's, that's a tougher—it's always tough to mount a serious challenge against, you know, somebody from your party. It, it's one of the reasons, for example, why, you know, Dianne Feinstein keeps getting reelected in California, because even though I think she's clearly passed kind of her sell-by date, you—, you you, you don't have people in the party that want to take her 
on. And so it's one of the reasons, and that, that's one of the reasons, I think, why you see so many of these senators, Republicans and Democrats, who come from safe states. A, Democrat, a Republican's not going to win in California. A Democrat's not going to win in Wyoming, for, for example. And so you have these, these people who can get in, and as long as they don't get a challenge from inside their party, they, they stick around forever. Let's talk to Lucy. Lucy, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Um, I'm 76. I had an active law practice, career as a court commissioner, have kept up with politics, can read and write and speak. I do not think I could be president. No way. Um, I'm a Democrat. I voted, you know that anyway. I voted for Joe Biden. If he wins again, God help me, I'll probably vote for him again because like he says, don't look at the alternatives. Um, but I do think that there is a time for the old guard to step aside. And if we don't let younger leaders flourish, we'll never get them. Right. Right. I mean, and, and just and these, guys, these folks cannot live forever. Not Trump, not Feinstein, not not Biden. Oh, Bernie Sanders uh, is talking about running again. You know, what's Bernie now, like 84 or 85? I mean, it's it's like, oh, my goodness. You, you, you've had a wonderful career. You've had various successes. Just go enjoy however much time you have left. Find a beach somewhere or what, do whatever. Write a book. Or, or don't run again. Be an advisor or something. Or write a good book. Right. Um, but if... if I don't know what's going to happen, but I do know that age has an effect on stamina and concentration. It just does. Well, well right. I mean, and yeah. I, 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 right. And I think most people would, would I maybe mean, some people might be in denial, but I mean, I, I'm the first one to admit I, I don't see as well at my age now as I did 20 years ago. I mean, it's just, and, and you're right. It's a question of stamina. You, you, that's why I mean I always say like being a I love being a prosecutor but that was a young man's game because you were you, you were working 18 20 hours a, a, a day you know I could do that back then I can't do it now I just I just can't uh-huh okay yeah. thanks for the call appreciate it yeah that's and that's that's the reality and and you can only imagine the stressful job that like like being the president of of the united states is no i I mean i I think just for a variety of reasons i think that the practical political reality is that unless there is some dramatic turnaround now i i I think this is a failed presidency i think joe biden is jimmy carter and i think i don't see how he comes back from from where he the numbers are so if he runs it's not like this is this incredibly popular president and people are clamoring to have him run again it would be somebody doing it i think mostly for ego as opposed to anything else but and so from a perspective as a republican i think again um somebody you know let's put donald trump out of the equation but somebody else i think would run a very very strong race against him so i'm not sure that he can win if he's running against anybody but donald trump but that's the the, the broader point is at the age of what eighty one or eighty two, why would you why would you do it uh, again? Why wouldn't you just simply say, okay, it's time to turn the mantle over to somebody younger? I mean, find some seventy five year old out there for goodness sakes and let them run, or or maybe heaven forbid, find somebody you know in in their sixties or in their fifties and and bring on that new generation of thought. And I, I offer that as a comment. Not just to Republicans, not just to Democrats, but to Republicans as well. There, there is a time when you you have to start having that shift, and I don't know, I don't know where it is. I don't know, you know, when that particularly occurs, but I, I do know that I think 
you know, once you start getting into your upper 70s and early 80s, it, it might be time to start thinking about something other than, you know, being a U.S. senator for life or being a congressman for life or being the president of the United States. When we come back, we've got a lot of stuff. I want to talk about a controversy of all things involving cops and ice cream. Mandela Barnes makes a big political shift and gas prices don't appear to be coming down. All that and a lot more coming up. Don't go anywhere. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's the Jeff Wagner Show. Now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Well, Melissa, you've touched a nerve. Uh, our, our text line has exploded with your fish story. <laughs> I, right. So the you video text is the word incredible, fish. yeah. Right. Uh, it, it, people will cheat at anything, but, but this is, for people who haven't been following this, I mean, this is... It's the Lake Erie Walleye Trail Tournament, okay? So this is for big-time fishermen. Yes. And um, there, there's a prize of, of 29 grand. So, I mean, it, it's not— That's a an, lot of money. Right. It, it's not like just, okay, here's here's your trophy. It's, mm. it's 29000 bucks. And apparently what, what happened is the, the, the quote-unquote winning team comes in, and they start looking at the fish. And they pick up a fish that's supposed to weigh about four pounds. They put it on a scale, and it says eight and then they put the rest of the five fish in, and it comes up to like 35 pounds. And people are going, these are like the heaviest fish in history. And then they start looking, and it turns out that they have they were stuffed with lead weights yes. and fish fillets. It's, so, it's amazing that you think you can get away with this in this day and age. You, you think that that's a good idea? Well, that you're not well you wonder caught? if they have gotten well, you, you well, wonder Oh, if, that's true. You know, and you, you wonder mm-hmm. if... Um, Maybe in the past they've... Well, and, and if they hadn't been so greedy, like like say that, like if the walleye... I mean, I, I'm not Just a, a couple pounds guy. Well, right, more. exactly. Mm-hmm. So if instead of four pounds, which is what it should be, right. you know, which would normally be, you, you make it four and a half. So it's something that, that people aren't going to necessarily set up all, all these bells and alarms. Instead sure. of, well, wait, this, this is like the, you, you've got all these giant fish, yeah. you know, and so I, maybe you get away with that. And <laughs> maybe, stuff. but. You know, the thing, I mean, it, it's stuff like that. It, it's, it's greed, not just the greed for the money, but the, the greed to, to do that. It's back when I was, was chasing drug dealers and stuff like that, the ones Again, it, it was the greed. The ones that concerned me was that the drug dealer that just did the one drug deal made like a hundred grand, you know, just netted a hundred grand, mm-hmm. buried it in a shoebox in their backyard, and then every New Year's Eve went up and, and dug that out and, and kept working at their job and, and dug up, I don't know, fifteen or twenty fifteen thousand dollars, say say just enough money to kind of take some of the edge off life, you know, because, you, you know, you work in your jobs and stuff, but you've got this extra $15,000 so that you, you you can go out to some nice meals mm-hmm, or you can mm-hmm. take that extra vacation. And, and those were the ones that I was always afraid. We're, we're not catching those, but that, but nobody, everybody gets greedy. It, it's like, no. At some point. Right. It was, yeah. I've got this $100,000 now. This is so easy. I'll get it. And then, you know, pretty soon you call attention to yourself. See what you're saying, that would be the smart way to do it. You know, that would be the but smart. Can't. But yeah, but I think you keep getting away with something and you want to do bigger and you want to do more. And then it just becomes this right. head game. Yeah. Right. This this idea. Yeah. You just can't, you, you can't just You're not stop. satisfied. Right. Well, yeah. right. Or it's like, okay, here, instead of, again, instead of we'll make this four and a half pounds, we make it seven pounds and everybody's going. <laughs> Why not just, just make it five pounds or, well, or, or yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah, just yeah, a yeah. little bit, but little you know, bit. They, but they just go over that edge there. But it is interesting because people will. It, it just so they'll, they'll cheat at, at anything, or at least allegedly. There's a big scandal in chess right now. I don't know if you've been following this, but 
U.S. national chess champion who won this big, big match and kind of surprised everybody by winning it. Well, now there's these allegations that he was getting electronic aid from outside, you know, had one of these like little vibrating things sure. on that, that, so somebody's watching this from outside the area and they would, you know, send messages, you know, to, there, there was a coded system. I don't know exactly mm-hmm. how they did it, but it would be, you know, kind of informing him. They're, they've got a computer that's running the things and suggesting what moves he should make and stuff like that. Oh, I haven't heard about that. But again, it's, it's, it's the same thing. People mm-hmm. will just, People will just cheat about, you know, everything. Um, you know, um, Jeff, in the past couple of years, these two fishermen, as we were text, mm-hmm. have won over $300,000 worth of boats and prize money. Well, that could be, again, we're not prejudging this because there's an investigation, but that could be exactly what, what we're, we're, talking we're talking about, about the, hey, you. Oh, I can do a little bit more. I can, I, can do, I can do it a little bit bigger you just, this time. You just can't like let well enough stop. alone yeah, yeah because well i guess it's like hey, i've got i've gotten away with this why shouldn't i get away with that but this one is just I, you know it's so, so egregious yeah. you know? it's, there's fish fillets and there's <laughs> and, and there's weights in these things do they sew the fish up i'm guessing they put the weights in and s- they, they probably st- I, I, maybe I, I'm put sorry, it in I, mouth? I don't yeah that's oh, what okay, i would yeah. say you I just kind of like they the fish i, 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 I don't would, know no, i would think you would just kind of jam the, yeah. the weights I, I, I don't know i've never doctored a fish with weights before, but I, you know, I've I've, I've had stuffed fish, but normally yeah, exactly. I think that's kind of how they do it. In any event, mm. um, our, our text line is exploding. So if you just text the word "fish," we'll we'll send you the pictures of this and stuff. Right? Yes, eight five five six one six one six twenty. That's it. Um, also, just uh, I note, I continue to uh, people stop me and they continue to ask me this, and we get a couple texts. My uh, my place in Florida did survive. We're very very lucky, Melissa. I just um, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah, yeah, you know, it's I was talking to a neighbor of mine up here who has a place. Um, um, in Fort Myers Beach that mm-hmm. was right on the beach. And mm-hmm. I ran into his name's Kip and I said, I ran into today as I was walking the dog. And I said, how did your place do? He said, well, he said, I, I'm on the third floor. We had a 10-foot wave of water. And he said, that structurally, the place is fine, but it, it, it swamped the, the apartments on the first and second level. He said, it didn't get to mine, but it's still, For sure. you've got water yeah. in the walls and stuff like that. No, in our case, and we're about a mile off of the Gulf. Um, our neighborhood flooded; the whole area flooded. But we had no no water in the unit at all. A little bit of water in the garage, but not high enough to get into the car. So, and I'm just getting you really re- got lucky. Oh, we did. Yeah. And I'm, I'm getting reports that they just had a roof inspector out. No damage to the roof. No oh. no trees down. So we feel extremely blessed. The power's still not on, which is yeah. kind of an inconvenience. But for us, at least. I think all that happened is... On the big scheme of things, that's right. not we, the we, worst there, thing. There was a yeah. guy that was going around in, in the neighborhood, and we hired him to just kind of power wash the garage and get like any mud and sand and stuff mm-hmm. out, and the cars all started and things like that. So we feel very blessed. And it's just, oh. you know, you talk to people who own stuff yeah. down there, and it's just amazing. The, the, the scope, I think for anybody who's used to going down to the Gulf, to the Gulf side for a vacation... I'm being told that you're not going to recognize some of the stuff. Fort Myers Beach, Bonita Baby, it's gone. So heartbreaking. And you really did. You dodged a bullet, Jeff. Oh, oh, that, that was no, absolutely. We feel oof. we feel incredibly blessed. Yeah. And I mean, it's just you have that loss of life, and then you think about the people who 
this, I mean, that was their home, and this is where they, they, they lived, and this is where, you know, they worked at X restaurant, or they worked at X store, and it's gone, and you just don't know when it's going to be rebuilt, and if I, it's going to be rebuilt. I keep thinking about all the retirees that you go down to Florida, right? Like, mm-hmm. you work your whole life, and you go down to Florida, you buy your, your, your beach house, or whatever it is, you know, that thing that you want, and then it's just completely wiped out. Right, in a matter of moments. In a matter of moments, in and a, you have no control over that. Right, right, exactly, and there's... um. And, you know, the the insurance is always kind of this questionable thing. Mm-hmm. But in any event, we're a number of people keep asking, but then we're, we are very lucky because every time I talk to friends who lived closer to the water, like I yeah. said, we were about a mile away, people who live closer to the water, they just talk about this huge wow. storm surge that just came up and just overwhelmed so very much. So um, all it I, takes is one big storm surge. Right. And that's, you know, and that's it. So I am not cheating on like walleye tournaments and I am <laughs> counting my blessings. So I, yes. that, that is kind of the thing. It's kind of a stressful thing, but I'm like, okay, I'm just, when you talk to all these mm-hmm. other people and hear all the different stuff, you say, hey, everything's, uh, everything's kind of cool. All right. We are going to take a very quick break. I'm going to let Melissa go back to the newsroom. Um, I want to talk about cops frozen custard that finds itself apologizing for Something they did sort of inadvertently. Stick around. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Oh, before I forget, it's very nice to not be Debbie Downer when it comes to the stock market. Yesterday, huge day, big run up in both the NASDAQ and the Dow. And as what happens, it's been happening a lot is you'd have these days where there was like a huge increase, like yesterday, up six, seven hundred points, whatever it was. And, and then you'd give it all back the next day. Not not today. Today, the Dow is up big again. Um, the Dow Jones up six hundred and eighty points, which is a two point three one percent increase to give you a perspective closed on friday at 28 7 it's now up to thirty thousand one. so i mean there, there's been a, a big a big gain now we're not close to you know where 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 it was at its high point but it, it has had a good rebound the nasdaq the same thing the nasdaq's up almost three percent today 315 points um uh, that's that's a big one as well the nasdaq is up um, well, again, uh, several hundred points from its low a couple days ago. So that that's good news for people. Um, hopefully this will continue the trend. All right. Cops, frozen custard. And I, I grew up close to a cops in, in Glendale. So I, I just, there, there's the cops on uh, Port Washington Road, and I, I've been there a lot of times. This is one of my confessions. I, I get I get static from some of my friends because, you know, you go to, we go to like Cops Custard, for example, and they have all these great kinds of custard that are there and the flavors of the day. And I always order vanilla. And it's like, well, don't you like Rocky Road or don't you like peanut butter or whatever? And I go, or I go, yeah, but I, I like vanilla. It's not that I don't like the other stuff, but I prefer vanilla. And on occasions when I order something other than vanilla, I'm always disappointed. So it's not like I, I don't like you know, butter pecan or whatever. I, I actually do, or chocolate chip or whatever, but I prefer vanilla. So I, I always tell my wife, I said, you, you sh- I'm consistent. You should you should appreciate that. I know what I like, and I, I, I don't vary from that. I think that that's a, a good thing. Anyhow, cops, what they do is they always have vanilla, they always have chocolate, and then they have a flavor of the day. And a lot of times to tie it into the, the, their flavors of the day, they will— and they come out with this once a month, you know, and they announce what the different flavors of the day are. I have a friend who just loves their butter pecan, as a matter of fact, and he looks, oh, they got butter pecan. I'm, I'm going to go and pick up a pint of it or whatever. All great. So I see I don't have to worry about that because I like vanilla. But um, they, they then try to, 
be, be cute and clever, and they try to like tie in the flavors of the day from time to time to um, stuff that that's, that's going on. For example, if it's National Peanut Butter Day, well, then they'll they'll come out with some like peanut butter type of of ice cream or something like that. You you get the idea. So that brings us to the controversy involving their flavor, Hey Cupcake. All right, October 9th is something known as National Pro-Life Cupcake Day. And um, it was founded by a group called Cupcakes for Life to raise awareness about abortion and encourage a dialogue on the topic. And the idea is we're going to take cupcakes, and we're going to use cupcakes as a means of bringing people together to chat about this, to have a discussion about abortion. Okay, so it, that's it. So somebody at COPS apparently sees, hey, it's National Pro-Life Cupcake Day on October 9th. So what we'll do is we've got this flavor of ice cream called Hey Cupcake. I have no idea what it tastes like, but we'll we'll have our special flavor. This will be our flavor of the day on October 9th to tie in with National Pro-Life Cupcake Day. Well, apparently that this gets out, and COPS starts getting all sorts of heat for this to the point that they feel that they have to issue an apology. They come out with a statement saying, linking National Pro-Life Cupcake Day with its long-running flavor, Hey Cupcake, was an oversight and an honest mistake. Quote, it was never our intention to get political and appear as though we have taken a side in this ongoing debate. Um, They say going forward, okay, so now, October 9th, it will no longer, they will no longer offer their Hey Cupcake flavor. They say going forward, we will strive to be more diligent in reviewing our flavor lists and any flavors we may link to a national holiday. We are sincerely sorry to all of our customers, loyal and new, whom we offended with our attempt to link a national day with our flavor of the day offerings. We've always tried our best to keep politics and our staff's personal views out of the business and focus on just serving great food. It's still our number one priority as a business to welcome everyone who walks through our door. Okay, well, I guess, I mean, I, I certainly appreciate the desire to to be apolitical. I, I appreciate that, and I, I respect that. I guess my question about this, and that's what I'd like to discuss with you, is is the first part of this. Was it necessary, or should it have been necessary, for cops to have pulled the flavor of the day, and then issued an apology. We sincerely sorry to all our customers whom we have offended with our attempt to link a national day with our flavor of the day offerings. Okay, is there really anybody out there who would be offended? I I mean, you know, seriously. I mean, it's, okay, it's the National Cupcake Day. I, I get it. It's Cupcake for Life. We want to have a dialogue about abortion, and they've got Hey Cupcake. Is there really somebody out there in the real world that would be offended or by this to the point that, oh, I'm outraged at cops? Now, obviously, there must have been somebody or at least some people because they, they, they quickly decide, okay, we're going to back off on this, and it's their right to, to do it. I, I'm, I'm sure that they never thought I mean, I don't think they were taking a political stance. I just think they looked at the calendar and said, oh, it's National Cupcake for Life Day. Fine. We'll bring back our Hey Cupcake. My question is, should should they have had to apologize? 855-616-1620. Or put another way, is this really something that someone should be offended about? 855-616-1620. We discuss in a moment.
For those of you wondering, um, the Hay Cupcake ice cream that Cops comes out with, it's created all this controversy, vanilla custard, yellow cake pieces, thick fudge, and a sprinkling of mini rainbow chips. It actually sounds delicious. Well, it does. And I, I guess, you know, they find themselves inadvertently in this in this conflict, I guess, because they said, hey, it's National Pro-Life Cupcake Day. So they were tying that in with October 9th, and that was going to be their flavor. And, and somebody somewhere appears to be offended. So they've pulled this, and they're apologizing. And, and I guess my point is, is, is there really anybody out there that that should be offended by this? I mean, at, at some point in time, you know, maybe just kind of roll with it and say, okay, th- this is this cute sort of thing. And and I guess I don't necessarily, I don't think that by cops saying, okay, we're going to have, this is going to be our flavor of the day, that amounts to cops endorsing a particular position on the question of abortion. Um, 855-616-1620. Jeff, there was major outrage on social media calling for a boycott. My social media was flooded with people who don't even eat at cops screaming. I think it's ridiculous, but it seems some folks always need a reason to be offended and to virtue signal. Jeff, Facebook, this is one of the reasons I'm not on Facebook. I am on Twitter, but I'm not on Facebook. Jeff, Facebook went nuts yesterday with people posting that they're never going back to cops. Hence, they probably got a lot of phone calls also. It's ridiculous. The perpetually offended, yeah, I refer to them as the perpetually offended and politically correct, are just trying to get everyone on their side. I just chuckled at the posts. Um, I... You know, um, you know, Jeff, offended by being pro-life, give me a break. Um, it's just, I guess, Jeff, the left can get outraged about anything. Ugh. Well, I think there is this element of that. Um, Jeff, the country has bigger issues to worry about, like inflation, Russia, um, crime, than to worry about a custer flavor. Come on, man. Jeff, no apology necessary. I think all children deserve an ice cream flavor of the day. Well, I think that's the element. Jeff, they should not have apologized to the mob of the perpetually offended. All it does is empower the more. All companies need to stop these uh, back steps so the crazy train ends. Well, no, look, I understand why cops did it. I say, I, I get it. Cops is in the business. They, they don't want to get into the middle of this. So, all right, we're going to pull it. We're going to make the, the mob of the perpetually offended, the politically correct, happy. Well, I'm not sure you ever make them happy, but we'll, we'll pull this because we, we don't want to get embroiled in the middle of this. I guess my point is, don't you desperately, desperately, desperately need a life? If this is what's going to get you outraged, the fact that, okay, it's National Pro-Life Cupcake Day and Cops has an ice cream flavor called Hey Cupcake, this is what's going to get over it. He said, Jeff, there's one gal on my Facebook page newsfeed that is absolutely losing her mind over this. I was at the Glendale location yesterday and was pretty busy. And by the way, it was delicious. Um, Jeff, people are just nuts. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Jeff, Jeff, wrap those boycott. I bring a bring on the boycott. Shorter line for me to get more. Um, Jeff, isn't any publicity good publicity, though? No, no, I will tell you this. The only people who say there's no such thing as bad publicity are people that have never had bad publicity. <laughs> you know, um, <clears throat> trust me, Jeff, I wish they could have just come out and said, we apologize if any was offended. We didn't mean to offend anyone. We don't take it as a political stance either way. It worked out that our flavor could be linked to an organization that's working hard to bring people together to talk about a conversation. Um, yeah, I, I just, yeah, that's that that's kind of it. But again, you you don't you've got some people that are just nuts about this 
thing. Jeff, this is why I don't deal with Facebook. People are just showing their fake lives. I, again, I just look at this and I, I feel bad that cops get caught gets caught in this because they're just trying they're trying to be clever. There was no way that they intended to you know get in the middle of the abortion debate, but yet there's some people who are so sensitive that they chose to get in the middle of this and. All right, as a result of this, hey, cupcake, you can't get it on October 9th. Feel better now? Is your life better because they're not going to have this? Are you happy? Have you accomplished something? And if so, I don't know, give yourself a pat on the back and go down and get yourself a vanilla cone. Okay, what what was that cheeseburger you were talking about? The Curter Burger. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't roll off the tongue, Jeff. And and it is is what? Culver's. It's the... Uh, Curder Burger. It's a normal deluxe butter burger with a giant cheese curd placed on top of the patty. <laughs> Just in time for National Cheese Curd Day, which is October 15th. And, and well, and, and I hope, as a follow up to our conversation about the controversy involving <laughs> yes, National yes. Cup, hey, Cupcake Day, I, I hope there's not somebody that's offended by the Curder Burger. I don't think so. I think I, who can be oh, offended by it? Well, that's true. Well, they, Culver's probably didn't realize there's going to be any people offended by the Hey Cupcake ice cream type. True. So. I just a Curter burger. Mm. Does that even sound good to you? No. no I, mean, <laughs> I, mean, yeah. I mean, I love butter burgers, but I don't. I mean, if I want to get cheese curds on the side, great. Yeah. I probably don't need it right on the patty. I'm uh, I'm with you on that one. Okay, as long as we're gonna we're gonna use the discussion about what people were upset about with um, with cops as a springboard to what is becoming the dominant political issue in the Senate race this year. We'll talk about that in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. That is, of course, the late Loretta Lynn, honky-tonk girl. She passed away at the age of 90. And um, I I guess, as we were talking about at the very start of the show, if you are of a certain age, you do not know who Loretta Lynn is. And and that's the case. I would encourage you to watch the 1980 movie starring Sissy Spacek called Coal Miner's Daughter, which is, I I think it's one of the best biopics ever. It might be the best biopic ever. But Loretta Lynn had just such an incredible career as the queen of country music and just an incredible life story and... um, she again passed away at the age of ninety, but she's been very active. I mean, she, I mean, she was still recording. I, I think up until a couple of years ago. So she's been incredibly, incredibly active and passed away. This is an example of a life very well lived. Football fans, Cover Five is giving you a chance to win fifty thousand dollars in Week Five only if you get the perfect score. Cover Five is free to. It's a free to play sports game. Pick five games against the spread. Win fifty thousand in Week Five if you get the perfect score. Download the app or go to CoverFive.com. Okay, we were talking about the controversy, and I understand when it comes to certain issues, people just lose their minds. I, I, I get it, and there's people who feel very, very strongly about it. For example, um, in, in the upcoming elections, because the economy, today and yesterday notwithstanding, has, has not been doing well, because inflation is out of control, because crime is out of control, because the border is out of control— 
Um, as we talked about earlier, Joe Biden's approval ratings in the, in the tank, and this has been perceived to be a, a year where Republicans will do well. Now, the issue that Democrats are in general running on is is abortion. We, we talked about this yesterday. There has been an enormous amount of money, millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars spent, not just in Wisconsin, but all across the country. And there was a breakdown in the New York Times last week that said of all this money that was spent, you know, all the attack ads, all the positive ads for Democrats, either the pro-Democrat ads or anti-Republicans, one out of every three dollars was spent running an abortion ad uh, against a Republican. And and some of them are, are better placed than, than others. I mean, for example, you know, Ron Johnson, I sent a tweet about this. You know, Ron Johnson has always been very moderate on, on the issue of abortion, including, you know, after Roe versus Wade was overturned and kicked back to the states. He's he's along with Tony Evers saying, I, I think we should, you know, have, have a referendum on this particular question. You know, let the people decide where the issue should be. But because Johnson is a Republican, you know, there, there's efforts where we're going to link him with with the abortion issue, because I think the Democrats have decided that that's that's what's going to carry them over the finish line, which is why you see all the ads. You know, every it seems like every Tim Michaels ad that's run is, well, Tim Michaels, you know, he's he's pro he's he's pro life and, you know, he opposes abortion and all that type of stuff. So that's been out there. I believe that you're starting, and this is what's starting to see in Wisconsin, you're starting to see, I mean, the polls have moved. Johnson is now starting to pull ahead, if you believe the polls, and Michaels has evened and is starting to pull ahead a little bit against Evers. And so you're, you're seeing an intensity of this. Journal Sentinel reporting Mandela Barnes tries to shift debate from crime to abortion. So, you know, Mandela Barnes, who is now falling behind in in the polls, his latest tactic is, okay, this is what we're going to do. We want to be all abortion all the time against Ron Johnson. Now, I think against Ron Johnson, it's a tougher sell, again, because abortion is a state matter and things like that. But regardless, this is it. It's, okay, we're going to run abortion. It doesn't matter you know, who you are. If you're a Republican candidate, you are going to be run against on the abortion issue. really doesn't matter what your stance is on abortion. You're going to be attacked on that. Our number is 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Maybe I will be proved wrong about this. And, you know, that's the thing. We'll know in, you know, five weeks or so. What's the election? I think it's five weeks from today. We'll, we'll know. But I think, the, I think for some people, abortion is clearly a, a voting issue. And I think that there will be some people who will be motivated, who might not have otherwise gone out and voted, and they will they will you know turn out at the polls because they they want to you know make their statement known about how they feel about abortion, even though as a practical matter, as long as the Republicans control the legislature, it doesn't matter what the governor's position is. I don't think you're going to see any significant movement on on abortion. And in the U.S. Senate, well, it, it's a state issue, but but it doesn't matter. I think abortion moves the needle slightly, but I think it's really reached the point of diminishing returns. And it, where is the study I have here now? So as Mandela Barnes is shifting the attacks to Ron Johnson on abortion, here's the most recent poll that I'm seeing coming out: abortion ranks as the seventh most important issue. To voters, well beyond be, below the economy, well below jobs, well below the border, well below the cost of living, well below guns, even below 
climate change. Okay, so our number, 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. All right, let, let, let's tee this up. I mean, Democrats want the issue decided on abortion, that the elections decide on abortion. I think that's a losing strategy. I, I just do. I think that there are other more important issues to the vast majority of voters that are out there. And the people that might be inclined to go out and vote solely on the abortion issue, they were probably going to vote for Democrats anyways. 855-616-1620. I think you're at the point of diminishing returns. But in some cases, it's really all that some candidates have. All right. Have we had enough on the abortion issue? 855-616-1620. Or will five more weeks of this move the needle? 855-616-1620. We discuss. Eight five five six one six one six twenty, which is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Okay, so if you think that you know, if you're overwhelmed by political ads, there's a reason. Because, for example, the Wisconsin's governor's race is turning out to be the most expensive governor's race in the country. And by the way, Tim Michaels is going to be joining me live in the studio at about twelve oh five. Um, tomorrow for an, an extended conversation. And before people send me texts, Tony Evers is more than welcome to come in and sit in the studio and have a similar sort of conversation should he choose to ex- accept that opportunity. I won't be holding my breath, but that's the case. But anyhow, if you're looking at all these ads, uh, the, the way it's working out is one in three um, of the either attack ads against Republicans or the supporting the Democrats is is based on abortion. And the story in the Journal Sentinel is that that's the latest technique. Mandela Barnes has fallen behind Ron Johnson in the polls, if you believe polls. And they've shifted now to, okay, he's going to shift to go after Johnson on abortion, which is a, it's a tougher, it's a, it's a tougher argument because after Roe, uh, abortion is really a state issue. And so it's a stretch. But the idea is, okay, we're, we're kind of, flailing at straws. We don't want to talk about crime. We don't want to talk about the economy. So let's go after abortion. And I guess my point is, I think you reach a point of diminishing returns on this issue. And, you know, we're going to know in five weeks, but I think you're going to go back and look at this in five weeks and say, hey, this emphasis on abortion, I think is is just, it's missed the boat as far as resonating with, with the average voters who are concerned with, well, go back to Bill Clinton in 1992. It's the economy, stupid. Jeff, it's gotten to the point where I just tune out these political ads. The far left wants abortion to be an issue in the election, but it isn't that they're, but, uh, they're avoiding inflation and other more salient issues like um, crime. Um, yeah, that's exactly it. Jeff, uh, Ron Johnson will have my vote. I think he's a proven leader. Um, I care about things like crime and the economy. Jeff, I, I don't think that uh, Democrats have a leg to stand on with the other six top issues. Um, I, I think, you know, that's the argument. That's why they're going with what they have. Jeff, abortion appeals to the single issue voter. And I think that that's that's true. There, you know, it's that single issue voter. But at some point, are there enough of the single issue voters to, to come out and, and to make a difference? Jeff, enough on abortion. Um, if you need one, there are plenty of states where they are available. Well, I mean, I think, you know, that's the case, too. And, and look, and don't get me wrong. I have said I think Wisconsin needs to confront this issue. And I know whenever I say that, I hear from some of my friends on the right who are more who are like sort of militantly pro-life. I, I think we need to work out a happy medium. It's why I, I wish the Supreme Court hadn't gone 
in an election year all the way over and, and tossed out Roe versus Wade. They could have simply affirmed the Mississippi law, which allowed elective abortions up to 14 weeks and then, you know, other abortions later on for the life of the mother and things like that. That would have, I think, changed the entire dynamic. And my guess is at some point in time, somewhere along those lines is where Wisconsin is going to be. Jeff, abortion is the only issue right now that Democrats have a chance on. So they really have no other choice but to run the ads. Well, I think that there is an element of that. Jeff, to quote Bill Clinton, it's the economy, stupid. It's the economy. I think that there's, you know, um, I, I think that there's a... There's a, certainly an element to that. So, I, you know, it's one of these things where you put all your eggs in one basket. Now, I think what you're going to see with Republicans, you've got the crime issue, and I think that's going to continue. But at the same time, I think you're also going to see sorts of pivots at that because you might say, well, Jeff, maybe, you know, the, the crime issue, which been hit hard, maybe there needs to be a broader focus and focusing on that. And and I think, you know, you're, you're going to see at least over the course of the next four or five weeks or whatever, you're going to see a pivot to um, issues like education, which resonates. You're going to see, again, coming back to the economy and inflation and things like that. And, you know, one of the things I want to talk to Tim Michaels about when he joins me in the studio tomorrow is it's, it's one thing to talk about, you know, where we are now and inflation. It's another thing to talk about, you know, what, what would you do differently how would you have handled COVID differently than Tony Evers did with, with the shutdowns? You know, how would you have handled the parole situation differently? What are your ideas to help fight crime? Things like that, because I think that's fair as well. And that's a discussion that we're going to have, because I think at the end of the day, that's going to ultimately get more people to the polls and motivate, motivate more voters than this single issue on, on abortion. Democratic strategists are betting that I'm wrong. We'll see in a couple weeks. So very glad to have you with us. Hey, if you follow me on Twitter, it's at Jeff Wagner 620. A link to this story we were talking about at the start of this hour about all the the, the faux outrage on social media about cops and its decision to, well, now that they've pulled back, they won't sell, hey, cupcake ice cream on October 9th, which happens to be like pro-life cupcake day. Um, my post was the faux outrage in social media over a local custard stand and its flavor of the day shows that some people have way, way, way too much time on their hands. Anyways, cops will not now not sell, hey, cupcake ice cream on October 9th. All you virtue signalers out there, do you feel better? Are you happy now? Have Is this... Do you have a little bit of more meaning in your life that, okay, you've now managed to get cops to sell Hey Cupcake ice cream on some other day? It's just asking. And if you do, maybe that's God's way of telling you that you desperately, desperately, desperately need to get a life. When we come back, a lot of stuff. I want to talk about records. I want to talk about Russia. I want to talk about Jeffrey Dahmer and we're going to talk about what's going on in the trial of Daryl Brooks and Waukesha. All that is coming up in the 2 o'clock hour of the program. The Wagner Show resumes right after the news. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue, it's the Jeff Wagner Show. Now, here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. Mike Spaulding, we're just telling you this the, the, the interest in your fish story is just amazing because I, I will pull back the curtain for a minute. On, on occasion, when we want to direct people to different stories that we find interesting during the newscast, you'll say, oh, okay, can text the word blank to 
the, the text line, and th- there's always at least some response, but I'd say some response, you know, as a general rule. This one, it's just lighting it up. Every time, you know, either you or Melissa would say something, I'm, you know, all these people want to find out. So I think in Wisconsin, we care if people are cheating at the walleye thing. Yeah, don't be doing that. And I will say if you haven't texted it, you should because the video is worth it. It is unbelievable. Have about- you, like, seen a – have you seen, like, when uh, – I, I Cops or something like that goes through the car and they pull the doors off and there's just like all the drugs. Sure. That is very similar to what it looks like with this fish story. I'm telling you, you have to see it to believe it. It is crazy. Um, I, I could tell you a story. Uh, I, yeah. I, I have the distinction. At one point in time, I, I missed more cocaine than anybody had ever seized. We, we did this. This is 1986. We, we raid this house, okay, and, and it was it was a Cuban to Milwaukee. It was a South Florida. It was a bunch of Cubans who had come into South Florida, and they were running this drug ring. It was the Estevez family into Milwaukee. And so we, we happened, just by dumb luck, we happened to hit the house the day after the load car had come in. So we go into the the safe. And we find like 17 kilos of cocaine, which at the time was this enormous amount of, of, of cocaine. I mean, you're a million dollars or whatever. So, hey, we, we arrest everybody in there and we're, we're all happy. We've got this is the largest seizure of cocaine in state history. All right. So um, a day or two later, one of the defendants comes in with his lawyer and he wants to cut a deal because he sees where this is all going. And he's, we're sitting in the room, and I'm kind of debriefing him. And the defendant says, the guy's name was, his first name was Avilio, and he says, you, you, missed, you missed some stuff that was in the house. And I'm sitting there with the DEA agent, my friend Bob Hartman, and, and we look, and I said, well, what do you mean? We, we, got, we got the safe. We hit the safe. We got guns. We got 17 kilos of cocaine. He said, it was in the, the door panels of the car. And I, I look over to the DEA agent, and he kind of looks at me, and for, he, he's kind of indignant that, what do you mean we missed it? And then he says, well, the dog did alert on the car, you know that, and I'm, yeah. and then I, I, kind of like look at him with this, the dog alerted on the car, and you didn't tear the car apart, and and he, and he said, well, you know, we we thought this was where they they transported all the drugs. We thought we got it, so we get a search warrant. We go back to the house, start pulling the door panels off, and damned if there's not another like 15, 20 kilos of cocaine in the car. So I have the distinction at one point in time of having missed more cocaine than anybody had ever seized. Now, we ended up getting it. And I will tell you something, Mike, from that moment on, from the the remaining years that I was in the U.S. Attorney's Office, whenever we had search warrants and we saw cars, we took the damn things apart. Oh, every (laughs) time. Every time. It's always in the car. It it was was that. It's okay. We're pulling the door panels on the car. We're pulling the, you know, we're we're looking. And they they had it in the uh, wheel. You know, the, you, you would pull off the hubcaps, mm-hmm. you know, the spare tire. That one had a bunch of kilos of cocaine. I was just, but so that, so this, so that if I look, I haven't seen this video yet. So if I look at the fish video, it is going to remind me of 1986 going into this house and wherever we were, New Berlin or whatever. And, and, and I missed all that cocaine for yes. three days. It will not disappoint you. I promise you. I don't want to give away what you'll see, but it will not disappoint you. I, I was like, oh, okay, that's, you know, they, they would just pull out a couple of weights out of the fish and it would be a lo- like, this was like a high leverage situation, like a high leverage operation they had going on. So they, it's, it's, they had weights stuffed in there and then like like smaller fish stuck, stuffed in there yes. as well. Yeah. It's like a fish inside of a fish huh. in some parts. With some weights. Huh. With some big weights. All right. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Okay, FISH, F-I-S-H, to 855-616-1620, which is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line, and you will find that out. And I will look at it, and it will, again, remind me of 
That, that, that's an honest-to-God true story. The guy, no, you missed it. Well, how did I miss all this cocaine? I, we, we got 17 kilos of cocaine. No, no, no. There was more left in the car. And again, I, I learned never, ever, anytime we ever had a drug car again, I had the thing torn apart. Used to drive the agents nuts because they would say, you want to tear off the, the door panels? Yes, I want to tear off the door panels. Yes, I want to look inside the spare tire. We're pulling the hubcap off it because... Fool me once, okay, you will not fool me twice. All right, let us switch gears. So last night was one of the rare evenings when I, I was was home and didn't have anything to do. So I, I'm, I'm home, my wife makes dinner, and then I'm kind of sitting around, and I know there was like Monday night football on, but I really wasn't in that, that much into that. And I was like, okay, this is, this is a night, and it doesn't happen very often. I, I can actually, I can, I can watch some TV. And there wasn't much on regular TV to watch. So, all right, I've got all these different streaming services. This is, this is the day that I'm, I'm going to watch and catch up on some of the programs. So I, I watched this thing that's on FX about um, the, the actors, uh, you know, Ryan Reynolds, who bought this soccer club, Welcome to Wrexham, that's on FX. So I, I, I watched that on, on streaming service. And then there's this documentary that they have on Hulu or something about the Los Angeles Lakers, and I watched that. So I've still got some time. And so I'm thinking, okay, let me find something else. So I go over to Netflix and I, I'm looking through, and where I start with Netflix, and I don't get there very often, I always start with the, the 10 most popular shows on Netflix. Number one, number one on Netflix, the Jeffrey Dahmer story, which, of course, maybe many of you are familiar on. It's 10 hours of television, 10 hours, 10 one-hour segments featuring, of course, um, Jeffrey Dahmer, who is, as described in the Chicago Tribune, the serial-killing cannibal and necrophiliac from Milwaukee. All right, here, here is the deal. It, this show debuted September 21st. So I understand I'm a couple weeks late to this game. The show hit the top of the Netflix rankings with nearly 20 million hours viewed following its premiere. The 10-episode limited series shot to the number one show on the service across dozens of countries. So if you go to Netflix and you're wondering what is trending, it is going to be the 10-part story on Jeffrey Dahmer. Now, I looked at it, and I thought, hmm. Now, of course, I, I, I knew some of the cops that were involved in the Dahmer investigation and went into the apartment and found the stuff that they found and things like that. And I'm thinking, huh. All right, Jeffrey Dahmer, Netflix, 10-part story. Do I want to see if I'm interested in this? And I thought about it for a couple seconds, and then I thought, oh, let's see. They've got a documentary on Creedence Clearwater Revival, the band, playing at Albert Hall in 1970. I think I'll watch that instead. So I, I switched over. I watched the Creedence uh, documentary, and it was, it, was, it was pretty good, if you like Creedence Clearwater Revival, which I happened to do it. I had absolutely no interest in watching the Jeffrey Dahmer 10-part miniseries. I had no interest in watching part one of the Jeffrey Dahmer miniseries, but yet I acknowledge that apparently I, I am in one of the minority out there because there's lots of people that are watching this. Our number is 855-616-1620, which is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. It's been out for like a week and a half now, you know, maybe going on two weeks. My question is, have you seen it? Do you want to see it? And, and if you do, why do you want to see it? 855-616-1620, which is the Acunet Mortgage talk and text line. Now, I admit, I, I, didn't, 
I, I didn't. I wasn't interested in making of the murder of a murderer other either. I, I saw. I mean, I, I was doing trial. I was doing coverage on TV, you know, an analysis on the radio and on television during the Stephen Avery trial. I didn't need to see this revisionist sort of version of that. But the Dahmer thing, I, I it, it's an awful story, and I guess I just had absolutely no interest in it. Did you watch it? Will you watch it? And why? Eight five five six one six one six twenty. We discuss in a moment. Eight five five six one six one six twenty, which is the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Had a little bit of downtime last night. Was looking at different stuff that was streaming on Netflix. Came across the Jeffrey Dahmer documentary, quote unquote, the show. I, I passed on it. Um, just no interest at all. But it, it continues to be number one, not only in this country but in several countries. What's the fascination? Let's talk to Jeff in Fox Point. Jeff, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hi, Jeff. My answer might have been different if I had lived in Milwaukee at the time of the Dahmer murders, but I did watch all of it, and I approached it as kind of a, uh, an interesting case study and not necessarily as entertainment. And then the other reason why I watched it is because I do like Evan Peters, the actor, and I was interested in seeing uh, his take as, as Dahmer. Um, was it good? Did, did you watch all 10 parts? Yes, I did. Uh, it was very disturbing, um, but it also did, was quite respectful to the victims. And I also thought that um, it did not glamorize Dahmer. It did not create and try to generate any sympathy for Dahmer either. And I know there is some dramatization, but but that I thought that w- w- didn't really get out of hand either. Okay, thanks. Well, I mean, I, I'm glad it didn't try to create any sympathy for Dahmer, who was a mass murderer. And a cannibal. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I guess that, but I, I, again, I just, I mean, I understand there's, and maybe maybe it's because I, I remember when all this was happening, I was a federal prosecutor at the time. I mean, I wasn't directly involved in the Dahmer case other than, like I say, I knew some Milwaukee police officers who were involved in the search and things like the, the search of the residents that found all the stuff at the end. Um, Jeff, I would not want to see the Dahmer movie. I think watching it is giving him notoriety. And those poor families can be victimized, seeing their loved ones being tortured and murdered. Um, I hate to see people making money exploiting his actions. Well, I mean, I think there there's probably an element of that. Jeff, I lived through Dahmer, still feel sad about uh, Conorak, Symphys, and Phone, and others. Still feel angry at the police who, you know, blew off some of the claims, because that's what Milwaukee cops did with some of the witnesses. The show is an abomination and a desecration, even, um, you know, even if it's well done, I say you should just absolutely leave it. Um, Jeff, uh, let's see. I was able to watch it to see the backstory of the monster, the uh, huge impact he had on the community, and the flaws of the Milwaukee police system in the 90s. It's sad to this day that there is no memorial for the victims. Yeah, that's one of the things that they still keep talking about is that the apartment building where he lived, of course, has been torn down, and I, I believe that there's nothing up there again. Jeff, um, no on Dahmer. <laughs> yeah, Jeff, I stopped watching it. I started watching it, but I stopped. I guess I'm growing up and um, hearing all the evil stories my whole life. I, I didn't need to see images of it. Jeff, the Dahmer show does not show any violence. It focuses more on the strange ways he lured his victims and on Dahmer as a person. The guy who plays him, Evan Peters, is a phenomenal actor. Well, uh, that's 
I mean, that, that, that may very well be, and I'm not, I'm not criticizing the actors. I'm just saying this is one that I have just absolute—if if I'm talking about making a commitment of, of 10 hours of my time, you know, 10 hours that I'm never going to get back, th- this is just not how I'm going to—this <laughs> is just not how I'm going to spend it. Um, Jeff, Father Stu would have been a good choice. Yeah, Father Stu is, is there. Jeff, um, I think, um, it's new for others perhaps, but it's, um, but not those of us who ended up living through it. Jeff, I don't want to watch the Dahmer thing. I lived through it and at the time would go right past his house, going to see my dad in the hospital by his house. I have no interest in it at all. Hi, Jeff. I have no interest in it. It is sordid exploitation entertainment. If I want to watch that sort of thing, there are plenty of movies like Halloween and Friday the 13th that don't dwell on a gruesome real-life psychopath. Well, again, there is that element. Jeff, I've seen it. I thought it was boring. The only good thing about it is it made the victims into human beings. At that, you know, a couple of people that, that watched it, that I was talking to like in real life. And I said, well, you know, how was it? And the, the thing that I heard was, well, it's, it, it's a lot of repetition. The word I heard was slow. It's, it's very, very slow and it, it repeats a lot of stuff and it doesn't advance. So it, that's what happens sometimes with these things. The, um, the, the, you, you set out and okay, we're going to make a 10 part documentary and we're going to fill up 10 hours and, and maybe you really only have five hours of material, but you want to have 10 parts. So there's just like a lot of repetition. Jeff, watch the Dahmer thing, not on your life. Um, I'm scarred from that being in the news day after day when I was in high school. I am not going to relive it at all. Well, I think that's it. Jeff, I have zero interest in the series and I have better use of my viewing time. Jeff, my wife watched it. I had no interest, watched two episodes with her, and then I got out. I thought that it was disgusting. Um, Jeff, I'm a 27-year-old historian. I saw the entire show, and it's interesting to see the perspective they looked at, which is from the victim side. It gives the side of how the families were impacted by his atrocities. And, and I, I understand that. I don't think this is exploitive in the way that some stuff might be exploitive, but at the same time, you know why? I mean, are we really plowing any new ground? And, you know, is, it, is there any sort of, you know, revelations that are to this? Jeff, I probably won't watch it because of the turn the TV and flip channels, and I'm way too lazy to wait for streaming to boot up, um, not entertainment material. Well, I think that there's an element of that as well. Okay, bottom line is if you choose— you will if you choose to watch Dahmer, you're not going to be alone because the numbers are, are just absolutely huge. It is something that has attracted a lot of fascination. It's just not gonna be my cup of tea. Back with more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. Jeff, in 2013, I was tasked with picking up Kobe Bryant at the Bradley Center after a Bucks game. Kobe was adamant. We drive by Dahmer's apartment building, even though I told him it was torn down. He was very interested in seeing it, so I drove him past the vacant lot. <clears throat> well, I'm, I'm, I, I understand. I mean, it's I understand that there's all this attention and stuff to it, but... I don't know, maybe again it's because I, I sort of lived through that, that I just just don't need to see it again. Didn't need to see Making of a Murderer and certainly don't need to see the Dahmer um, 
mini-series or whatever you might want to describe it. I'm going to spend my time, like I say, the, the Creedence Clearwater Revival documentary, that was pretty darn good. I want to switch gears in, in this segment, and we've talked a lot about some heavy issues and politics, and quick reminder, Tim Michaels, Republican candidate for governor, is going to be joining me in the studio at the start of the program, probably 12.05, 12.08 tomorrow, and we'll have an extended conversation about a number of things. Encourage you to tune in. I want to talk about though, something completely and totally different. I was, um, I, I think I mentioned, I'm, I'm off Thursday and Friday, we're, we're going to Las Vegas, my wife and I and my brother and sister-in-law and my brother, we're, we're, we're heading out to Las Vegas just for a weekend, nothing big. Thursday coming back on, on Sunday, um, we were going to go see a Jimmy Buffett show. I'm a big Jimmy Buffett fan, as regular listeners know, but he had a health issue and ended up canceling his concert. But we're, we're, not, we're not canceling our trip to Vegas. We'll have, I'm sure we will be able to find stuff to do. I am confident with that. But one of the things that, that I always do when I'm, I'm going on airplane trips is I have I have my my iPod, you know, and and I, I love it, you know. In on my iPod, I've got I don't know. I, I had at one point in time downloaded my entire music library from CDs and things like that. So I, I mean, I've got like thousands of songs on this iPod. And one of the things that I will always do is when that that's how I kill time at the airport and on the planes. I'll take it along with me. I've got my headphones and I'll sit on the plane. And while I'm reading a book or doing whatever I'm doing, I'm, I'm also listening to music. Now, th- there's no question that the the sound quality coming out of the iPod isn't it, it, it's not the greatest, okay? But it's still, it, it's okay. I mean, I don't necessarily claim to be an audiophile, and, and it's good enough. When I get ready for my shows in the morning, I, I go up to my office upstairs in my place, and I, I have, again, I, I have a different iPod, and I, I put it in one of these Bose speakers, and, and, and I listen to the tunes. And again, it's not the greatest sound quality, but it, it, it's music, and I, I, I enjoy it. Sometimes what I do is I play tunes directly through the computer, and again, that's not the greatest sound quality, but it, it's fine. It doesn't make that much difference to me. Now, I know for some people who love music as much as I do, or maybe even more than I do, the sound quality is the important thing, and that's why there was a I, I spent about 30 minutes the other day really going through this huge story that appears in the Washington Post that talks about vinyl records. And it's if you go online, they've, they've got this comparison. There's this huge debate about people who believe that vinyl records, and, and again, I understand I'm dating myself somewhat, but this, this is now starting to come back. I mean, when I started listening to music, when I was a kid, you had... You know, they actually had singles that would come out, 45 RPM records, and there'd be a A-side and there'd be a B-side. And you could go to the department store or whatever or the record store, and, and you could buy these. And then you had the albums, the, you know, the 33 and a third, the big platters that you would put on a turntable. And people would spend stupid money um, outfitting their, their stereo systems, including, I don't know, the, the cartridge that you had on the tone arm that you would put there and the speakers and all these different things. And, and that was a, a really, really big deal. And there were a lot of people who believed that the vinyl records, if you're going to really listen to music, the vinyl records are the way you have to do it because nothing else comes close. And so this story in the Washington Post, which is really, it, it goes on for page after page after page, you know, talks about, you know, the, the differences and the different types of, 
of, of audio stuff over the years and, and how music has evolved from the, the, the turntables and the, the record players to the eight-track cassettes, and don't even get me started on eight-track cassettes, to the you know cassette tapes that were allowed you to take your music in a more portable fashion, and you'd have it in your car, and you'd have the cassette players in your car, to then you know, you'd know you have the CDs, and you'd have the Sony Walkmans that, so you could go around, and you could you could carry the portable CD players, to now, you know, where, what we have now, where you've got between the, the streaming or, you know, some of the other stuff where you can walk around with your iPod and, you know, in the size of something that's, that's smaller than a cigarette pack, you know, you can put thousands and thousands of songs. But the the digital representations you get aren't anywhere as good as, at least that's the argument, as, as the vinyl stuff. Now, I admit, I don't have a turntable anymore. That That's in various moves that that's gone. So if I wanted to listen to records and I still have some vinyl records that are in the basement that I hope aren't too terribly warped, but I I just, I don't have the stuff to play them. But the more I talk to people, and this was kind of the point of the Washington post article, that the more people are telling me that, you know, if you really care about music and you really want to listen to music, what happens is, you know, you really got to go the vinyl route. Our number is 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Okay, I, I want to talk about music for this segment. All right, is, is it good enough to just listen to the digital music? Is it good enough to, I don't know, just download the stuff and play it through your computer? Or are you missing something? You know, do we really need to take a retro look and at least for some of your favorite records and stuff, should you be trying to find them on vinyl? Is it worth getting the turntable or putting your turntable back? Is it worth doing that? 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. We discuss in just a moment. 855-616-1620. Okay, when it it comes to music at home, the the progression has been kind of interesting. It started out... Actually, you know, with with records, the vinyl records, whether it's 45s or 33 and a third, the albums and stuff like that. Then you went to eight track tapes. Then you went to cassettes. Then you went to compact discs. You know, now you've gone to the the digital stuff. Um, And there's a movement afoot that to really kind of go back to the old vinyl records. And the argument is it sounds just that the sound quality is so much better that it's worth it. Our number is 855-616-1620. Is it? I mean, is this the point, or or is it good enough? Whether it's the digital, is it the convenience? Does that make it good enough? Let's see, 855-616-1620. Jeff, vinyl rules. And somebody sends a picture of a Guns N' Roses album. Um, Jeff, buy vinyl and can get digital version in um, Amazon Music via AutoRip. Sure, there, there's ways that you can um, do it. Um, and somebody's sending me a picture of the eight-track tapes. Yeah, those were. If I understand, if you're of a certain age, you have no idea what an eight-track tape is, and you really, you you don't need to to know it because they they were okay. You got the cassette tapes, but they were their competition was eight-track tapes, and they were I don't know they were bigger and boxier, maybe two or three times the size of cassette tapes, and you put them in a player. And what they would do is they would arguably have a little bit better sound. That was the claim than the uh, cassettes. But what would happen is they would shift to a different track. There were eight tracks, sometimes in the middle of a song. So you'd be listening to the song, you'd be singing along, and then all of a sudden, click, and you know it would be interrupted, and it would go to a, a different track. Jeff, vinyl records are far inferior to digital music. My guess is people who like vinyl just like crackle with their music for nostalgia reasons. I'm not a big fan. I'll take crystal clear digital music any day. 
Okay, now I know that that is fighting. Those are fighting words to some people, you know, out there who love the vinyl. Like I say, to me, it's just, I, I had all these vinyl records, and what happened is when CDs came in, I replaced a lot of the vinyl records with with the CDs. Okay, so I had that. And then when you started to go to digital, I I had my, like, iTunes account, and I I transferred all the stuff that was on the CDs over to, you know, the the, the digital stuff. And somewhere along the way, I lost most of the vinyl records, stupid me, kind of like the comic books when I was a kid. But it's kind of like, well, I'm not sure it's ever worth going back to, although I guess I could concede that if I really thought it made a difference, I could go out and I could think about the 10 or 20 records that I, albums that I listened to most and, Think, hey, is it worth you know? Is it worth buying a turntable? Is it worth buying speakers? Is it worth buying a receiver? Um, that's it, Jeff. Being a former radio disc jockey, I have over twenty three hundred albums and forty five RPMs. I have three turntables. If you want a turntable, I'll be glad to give it to you. Well, that's very very kind. I I'm not sure I know where I'd put it, Jeff. Vinyl is making a niche comeback. Sales of vinyl actually surpassed CDs in the last two years. The millennials and older Gen Z are buying vinyl and records because it's hip and it's trendy. As for music quality, I don't know. I don't know if there's actually a measurable difference in quality because highest quality of analog and highest quality of digital. Jeff, I think it's all about the sound quality. You know, a a good pair of headphones makes a huge difference. Let's talk to Dustin. Dustin, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Dustin. Hello? Hi. Good afternoon. You're on WTMJ. Hey, how you doing? Good. What do you think? Vinyl, is that the way to go? Vinyl, is that the way to go? Well, I, I think so, and I think vinyl's a little bit more engaging because you have to get up and put it on, and then you have to flip it after a while. And yeah. You, you don't just listen to it. You, you know, you, you're engaging with it. Well, yeah, there, there's no, I mean, thanks to call, there, there's no, there's no question about it. You, you are engaging with it. Okay. Side A has finished, you know, after five or six songs and then you, you got to get up and you have to flip it over. Jeff, vinyl is great, but you don't have to go and try to replace your entire collection. Jeff, I've had music on all the available media since the 1970s. In my opinion, digital has superior sound, but there is something to spinning a platter. Um, yeah, um, Jeff, vinyl is great if you have the right amplifier, um, and the right turntable with a, uh, with a quality stylus. Otherwise, I don't think that it's worth it. Um, Jeff, uh, again, somebody's talking about the, the need for headphones. I also think it has something to do with music being experienced. There was something to be said about having a few pieces of audio equipment that looked really nice in the room and then having the experience of reading the album covers, admiring the artwork sometimes, as well as listening to the music. That, that, it, that is true. There was, believe it or not, there was a time when, when albums were, were coming out and like in the, in the 60s and 70s and things like that, and, and you talk to some of the performers, they would tell you that it cost more to have an album cover produced than it did to actually make the album that was inside of it. And that's because, I mean, album covers were, were such an experience because you'd, you'd, have the, you'd have the art work that was out there and connected with it, and then you'd have, like, the liner sheets where people would read at this. Um, you know, there, there's no question about that. Um, Jeff, I think vinyl, let's see, 
Vinyl is almost like decor because you can display your albums and is a great conversation piece. If you have people over, they can look through your albums and then pick the one that they want to listen with. Um, somebody says, Jeff, are you engaging with your television if you refuse to use the remote? Um, I don't know. Jeff, I'm with you. I love the liner notes. Yeah, the liner notes were really, really cool. And, and you'd see the des- description. Um, I guess I think it is kind of a, a niche a niche comeback. Uh, let's talk to Eric. Eric, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon. Hey. Hi. Good afternoon. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm only 45 years old. I've uh, experienced eight tracks, vinyls, uh, the cassettes, CDs, and actually in all and all the sound sounds about the same. But in my personal opinion, give me digital anytime. I can take it with me wherever yeah. I go. I can't take my turntable with me. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Thanks for going. No. You're right. I mean, there is the, the convenience factor just, just can't be downplayed. Like I said, I mean, I'm hopping on, a, I'm jumping on a jet on Thursday. I, I will take my iPod with me, and you know, in, in something that I can easily carry in my pocket, I hook up my noise canceling headphones, and I have pretty much. Uh, at least a huge chunk, not all, but a huge chunk of my my music library with me. And I appreciate I'm giving a little bit of something up with regard to sound quality, but at the same time, I'm picking up so much more with convenience. That said, I'm I'm trying to, and I I hope my wife isn't listening right now, because I'm trying to think, okay, well, you know, if if I wanted a play toy or something, you know, could, could you find a decent turntable and a couple, you know, can you find a decent turntable and a receiver or something like that? And, and then, you know, figure out how to hook it up with the speakers we have in the house. And, but I don't know where I put it. That's kind of the problem. And I can see my wife, if she's listening to me now going, you have enough toys. The, The last thing you need is more toys around our house. Jeff, I have a dear friend who swears by vinyl, but I feel like this digital sound quality is amazing. However, the artwork and the album covers cannot be surpassed. Well, vinyl is, you know, making no question. I mean, vinyl is making a comeback, but you know, how far it goes, don't know. Jeff, even though CDs were released released in the 1980s, today's standard streaming services still can't match CDs' sound quality unless you subscribe to an HD-level service. Albums are true analog and have their own niche sound. It is a niche sound. So I, I guess the albums are making a comeback. There's always like the record store day, and I'm glad to see it. I'm just not sure it's going to get to be more than a niche.